My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 123, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, 1 Kings 4, 2 Chronicles 4-6, through and Psalm 62. 1 Kings 4 Now King Solomon was the king of all Israel. These were the king's men. Azariah, the son of Zadok, was the religious leader. Shisha's son, Elihoreph, and Ahijah were the heads of meeting. Jehoshaphat, the son of Elihud, was the one who wrote down the things of the nations. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was captain of the army. Zadok and Abithar were religious leaders. Azariah, the son of Nathan, was over the leaders. Zabud, the son of Nathan, was a religious leader and the king's friend. Ahishar was head of the king's house, and Adoniram, the son of Abda, was head of the men who were made to work. Solomon had 12 men over all Israel who brought food for the king and those of his house. Each man had to bring food for one month in the year. These were their names. There was Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, and Ben-Dekur in Makaz. There was Shalbim, Beth-Shemesh, Elon-Beth-Hanan, Ben-Hesed in Arubath, Sakau and the land of Hefer belonged to him, and Ben-Abinadab in all Manapheth dor Solomon's daughter, Tepheth, was his wife. There was Benah, the son of Ahalud, in Tanakh, and Megadu, and all Beth-Shean, which is beside Zarethan, below Jezreel, from Beth-Shean to Abel-Mehaloah, as far as the other side of Jachmiem. There was Ben-Geber and Ramoth-Gilead, the towns of Manasseh's son Jair, which are in Gilead, where his, and he had the land of Argob and Bashan, where there were sixty big cities with walls and locks of brass. There was Ahinadab, the son of Adu in Mahanaim, and Ahemaz in Naphtali, who married Solomon's daughter Besmath, and Benah, the son of Hashuai, in Asher and Baloth. And there was Jehoshaphat, the son of Parah in Essachar, Shammai, the son of Allah in Benjamin, and Geber, the son of Uri in the land of Gilead the country of Sehon, king of the Amorites, and of Og, king of Bashan. He was the only leader in the land. There were many people in Judah and Israel, as much as the sand beside the sea. They were eating and drinking and full of joy. Solomon ruled over all the nations from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines and to the land of Egypt. They brought taxes and worked for Solomon all the days of his life. The food brought to Solomon for one day was 300 baskets of fine flour, 600 baskets of seeds, 10 fat bulls, 20 grass-fed bulls, 100 sheep and deer and gazelles, roebucks and fat birds. Solomon ruled over everything west of the Euphrates River from Tifsa to Gaza. He ruled over all the king west of the Euphrates and he had peace around him on all sides. So Judah and Israel were safe. Every man was safe under his vine and fig tree from Dan to Beersheba all the days of Solomon. Solomon had 40,000 rooms for his war wagon horses and 12,000 horsemen. Those leaders brought food for King Solomon and all who came to his table, each during his month. They made sure nothing was missing. 
They brought barley and straw for the fast horses and the war wagon horses where it was needed. Each man did the work he had been given to do. God gave Solomon wisdom and much understanding and learning as much as the sand beside the sea. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than all men, than Ethan, the Araharahite, Haman, Kalkal, Darda, and the sons of Mehol. His name was known in all nations around him. He spoke 3,000 wise sayings and wrote 1,005 songs. He spoke of trees from the cedar in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows on the wall. He spoke of animals, birds, things that moved upon the ground, and fish. Men came from all nations to hear the wisdom of Solomon. They came from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. Second Chronicles 4. Then he made a brass altar. It was ten steps long and ten steps wide and three times taller than a man. He melted brass and made a pool. It was round and five long steps from one side to the other. It was as tall as a man can raise his hand, and it took 15 steps to walk around it. There were objects that looked like oxen under the pool and all around it, ten long steps around it. The oxen were in the two rows and were made of one piece. The pool was put on the twelve oxen. Three had their faces toward the north, three toward the west, three toward the south, and three toward the east. The pool was put on top of them. All their tails were toward the center. The brass of the pool was as thick as hand is wide. Its round top was made like the top of a cup, like a lily flower. It could hold 22,000 bottles of water. He made 10 pots in which to wash. He put five on the right side and five on the left side. They were to wash what was used for the burnt gifts. But the pool was for the religious leaders to wash in. Then he made 10 gold lampstands, as was shown in the plan. He put them in the house of God, five on the right side and five on the left. He made 10 tables and put them in the house of God. Five were on the right side and five on the left. And he made a hundred deep dishes out of gold. Then he made the open space of the religious leaders, the large open space and the doors for the open space. And he covered their doors with brass. He set the pool at the southeast corner of the house. Then Haram made the pails, the tools for digging and the pots. So Haram finished the work of God's house that he did for King Solomon. He finished making the two pillars, the pots, and the two pieces on top of the pillars. He finished the two networks to cover the two pots of the pieces on top of the pillars. He finished the 400 pomegranates for the two networks. There were two rows of pomegranates for each network to cover the two pots of the pieces on top of the pillars. He made the stands and he made the pots on the stands. He made the one pool with the 12 oxen under it. Haram Abi made the pails, the tools for digging, the meat hooks, and all their objects. He made them of shining brass for King Solomon and for the house of the Lord. The king had them made on the plain of the Jordan in the clay ground between Sakoth and Zerida. Solomon made so many of these objects that the weight of the brass could not be known. Solomon made all the things that were in the house of God. He made the gold altar and the tables of the holy bread. He made the lampstands with their lamps of pure gold to burn in front of the most holy place in the way given. He made the flowers, the lamps, and their objects of pure gold. He made the things to put on the lamps, the pots, and the fire holders of pure gold. And he made the front of the house, its inside doors for the most holy place, and the doors of the holy place, all of gold. So all the work that Solomon did for the Lord's house was finished. He brought in the things that his father David had set apart, the silver and the gold and all the objects. He put them in the storerooms of the house of God. Then Solomon gathered to Jerusalem 
the leaders of Israel and all the heads of the families, the leaders of the father's house of the sons of Israel. He called them together to bring up the special box with the law of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. All the men of Israel gathered together in the front of the king at the special supper in the seventh month. All the leaders of Israel came and the Levites took up the special box of God. They brought up the special box of God, the meeting tent and all the holy objects that were in the tent. The religious leaders and the Levites brought them up. Then King Solomon and all the people of Israel who were with him were in front of the special box of God. There they gave on the altar and worshiped so many sheep and oxen that they could not be numbered. The religious leaders brought the special box of the Lord to its place. They brought it into the most holy place in the house under the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the special box of God. They made a covering over the special box and its long pieces of wood used for carrying. The pieces of wood for the special box of God were so long that their ends could be seen in front of the holy place, but they could not be seen outside. They are there to this day. There was nothing in the special box of God except the two stone writings which Moses put there at Harab. It was there that the Lord made an agreement with the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Then the religious leaders came out of the holy place. All the religious leaders who were there had set themselves apart without thinking of how they were divided. All the Levite singers, Asaph, Haman, Judathan, and their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen. They stood east of the altar with the timbrels and different kinds of harps. With them were 120 religious leaders sounding horns. Those who sounded the horns and the singing made themselves heard as with one voice, praising and thanking the Lord. They sang in a loud voice with horns and timbrels and other objects for making music. They praised the Lord saying, He is good for His loving kindness lasts forever. Then the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. The religious leaders could not stand to do their work because of the cloud, for the shining greatness of the Lord filled the house of God. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would live in the thick cloud. I have built a great house for you. It is a place for you to live in forever. Then the king turned around and prayed that good would come to all the people of Israel, while all the people of Israel stood. Solomon said, Honor and thanks be to the Lord, the God of Israel. He spoke with his mouth to my father David, and he has kept his promises with his hand, saying, since the day I brought my people from the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the families of Israel in which to build a house for my name. I did not choose any man to be a leader over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there, and I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, because it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart, but you will not build the house. Your son who will be born to you will build the house for my name. Now the Lord has kept his promise, which he made, for I have taken the place of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have put the special box with the law of the Lord, which he gave to the people of Israel. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of all the people of Israel and spread out his hands. Solomon had made a special place to stand out of brass. It was as long and as wide as three steps and as high as a man's chest. And he had put it in the center of the open space. He stood on it, then got down on his knees in front of all the people of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You keep your promises and show loving kindness to your servant who walked with you with all their heart. 
You have kept your promises to your servant David, my father. Yes, you have spoken with your mouth and have done all you said you would do as it is today. So now, O Lord, God of Israel, keep your promise which you have made to your servant David, my father, saying you will never be without a man to sit on the throne of Israel. But your sons must be careful to walk in the law as you have done. So now, O Lord, God of Israel, let your word be made sure, which has spoken to your servant David. But is it true that God will live with man on the earth? See, heaven and the highest heaven cannot hold you. How much less can this house hold you, which I have built? But respect the prayer of your servant and what he asks of you. O Lord my God, listen to the cry and to the prayer which your servant prays to you. May your eyes be open day and night toward this house, the place where you have promised to put your name. Listen to the prayer which your servant prays toward this place. Listen to what your servant and your people, Israel, ask for when they pray toward this place. Hear from the place where you live, from heaven. Hear and forgive. If a man sins against his neighbor and has to make a promise, and he comes and makes a promise before your altar in this house, then hear from heaven and act. Judge your servants. Punish the sinful by bringing his actions on his own head. And make it known that the one who is right and good is not guilty. Bring good to him because he is right and good. If your people Israel lose a battle against those who hate them because they have sinned against you and they return to you and tell of your name and pray and ask of you in this house, then listen to them from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. Bring them back to the land you have given to them and to their fathers. When the heavens are shut up and give no rain because the people have sinned against you and they prayed toward this place and tell of your name and turn from their sin when you bring trouble to them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sins of your servant and your people Israel. Teach them the good in which they should walk and send rain on your land which you have given to your people. If there is a time of no food in the land and if there is disease that kills the plants and if there are locusts or grasshoppers, if those who hate your people send armies to trap them in their cities, whatever trouble or sickness there is, hear the prayer made by any man or by all your people Israel. Each one will know his own trouble and his own pain. And when he spreads his hands towards this house, then hear from the heaven where you live and forgive. Give to each man what he should have for you and only you know the hearts of men. May they fear you and walk in your ways as long as they live in the land you have given to our fathers. If a stranger who is not from your people Israel comes from a far country because of your great name, your powerful hand, and your strong arm, when he comes and prays toward this house, hear from heaven where you live, do all that this stranger asks of you. Then all the people of the earth may know your name and honor you with fear as your people Israel do. And then they may know that this house I have built is called by your name. When your people go out to battle against those who hate them by whatever way you send them and they pray to you toward this city which you have chosen in the house I have built for your name, then hear their prayer from heaven and help them. When they sin against you for there is no man who does not sin and you are angry with them and give them to those who hate them, they will be carried away against their will to a land far away or near. If they think about it in the land where they have been taken and are sorry for their sins and turn away from them and pray to you in the land where they have been taken, saying, we have sinned, we have been bad and have done wrong. If they come back to you with all their heart and soul in the land where they have been taken and pray toward their land, which you gave to their fathers and toward the city you have chosen and toward the house I have built for your name, then hear from heaven where you live. Hear their prayer and what they ask for and help them. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. 
Now, oh my God, I ask you, let your eyes be open and let your ears listen to the prayer given in this place. Now rise up, oh Lord God, go to your resting place, you in the special box of your power. O Lord God, let your religious leaders be dressed in saving power. Let those who belong to you be filled with joy in what is good. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your chosen one. Remember your loving kindness to your servant David. Psalm 62. My soul is quiet and waits for God alone. He is the one who saves me. He alone is my rock and the one who saves me. He is my strong place. I will not be shaken. How long will all of you go against a man to bring him down, that you may kill him like a wall that no longer stands straight, like a fence ready to fall? They have talked only about throwing him down from his high place. They find joy in lies. They pray with their mouth that good will come, but inside they hope that bad will come instead. My soul is quiet and waits for God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and the one who saves me. He is my strong place. I will not be shaken. My being safe and my honor rest with God. My safe place is in God, the rock of my strength. Trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a safe place for us. Men who are not important come to nothing. Men who are important are a lie. Men weighing, they go up. Together, they weigh less than a breath. Do not get money in a wrong way or be proud in stolen things. If you get more riches, do not set your heart on them. God has spoken once. I have heard this twice. Power belongs to God and loving kindness belongs to you, O Lord, for you pay every man by the work he has done. As Father Mike Schmitz notes, Solomon had the ark carried by the Levites, not on a cart, and his father had it carried. This demonstrates obedience. So Solomon is paying attention to some of the details. Then the cloud of glory fills the place as it leads the Israelites. And here, so it led the Israelites, if you remember that, and the cloud. And now it's filling the temple with this just, I can't even imagine it. It sounds so majestic and it feels connected and this affirmation of God and what he's doing in the story from way back till now and moving forward. It's so cool. Dr. Mackey describes how Solomon is presented by the authors as a new type of Adam or a new Abraham because he's given the opportunity to rule the world. He asks for God's wisdom, and we recall from the story of Abraham and his son Isaac in Genesis 22 and the book of Job that God's wisdom is in the ask or the answer. It may not completely make rational sense to us, but the lesson is in what we do in those moments. Are we going to lay down our need for certainty and our own sense of rational wisdom, or are we going to lean into the relationship and our submission to God and to our faith in Him. It echoes the story of the trees in the Garden of Eden, I think, the two trees. And here we're talking about like this divided kingdom idea of kingdom empire, kingdom shalom. It's this choice that you make. Trusting in God's wisdom and obeying His commands leads to blessing and life outpouring from Him to us, to others He put in our spheres of influence and care to put Him on display, help others navigate to Jesus for atonement, intercede for others in prayer as we saw Solomon do in his prayer today. There was so much intercession for other people. It's like he got up there and the people are observing this, if you will, but he's talking to God and he's interceding and being prodigally generous. And we will see notes of that. I'll give you a recent conviction in my life. You know, sometimes the things God asks us to do don't always 
make sense to everyone. They may not even make sense to you in the moment. Recently, I was just, uh, our house was privileged with, attacked by 40,000 honeybees. And yeah, it was really overwhelming at first. I made several calls into like government associations asking for if they have services or if they have references to people that try to relocate honeybees, like from animal control to just like a lot. And then that really came to nothing. No one had any referrals and they had no services. Uh, So then I went to Google, of course. So government, Google, still all the people that I called in the top links and sponsored links, they could only terminate all the honeybees. And I just felt this strong sense of conviction that that's not what God wanted me to do. And I know that there's information out there about how, you know, honeybees are an invasive species, if you will. The Europeans imported them. And then there's a different kind that came from Africa to Brazil up here. Long, 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 long story, right? But I was like, no, putting all this information aside, I just really felt like if there was a way to just relocate this colony of bees, that I should try to do it. And I knew that it would require more research and more money. But I just felt for me and this decision in this moment, that's what I needed to do. And that God would provide a way. And so my heart went to, okay, well, who else loves bees? And I was like, beekeepers? Where do beekeepers go? Bee supply stores. So I called the bee supply store, and they immediately gave me the name of this individual who has started this relocation business, and he relocates them. I live in the state of California, so we've got a lot of agriculture, so out to local orchards for almonds, avocados, you name it. So today, he was able to do that, relocate the queen bee, the colony, so that they can go out and service God's creation in this way. So I don't think this is a prescriptive story about what everyone should do in every situation. But I think the point is, there's a lot of things we can rationalize and think about and research. I'm a professor. I do a lot of it. I get up there in my head, and I'm sure many of you do too. But when you pray about it, when you pause and you listen to what God is telling you to do in those situations and how to respond and how He will provide a way— I think that's what's really important, and I, I think our even time in this story has has done something special in my heart, as it constantly does every time I go through it. And then in the last story in Kings, we read about Solomon submitting to God, and here we see God blessing him, just extensively blessing him. We will see how Solomon is and can be both wise and foolish. For wisdom, wealth, and wives make our understanding of him like a struggle. It's hard to be like, oh, well, do I love him or hate him? Is he a good example or a bad example? It puts our ideas of role models into question because often I think particularly in America, we're like, we're looking for good people, bad people, you know, the hero and the villain, the good leader, the bad leader, the good business, the bad business. And maybe that's not always the right question. Maybe that's not always the best and most appropriate question, maybe sometimes perhaps more times than not, an alternative and a better question is to assess how a leader or how we are representing God well. What What is going well and what needs to be restored? What is not looking good or going well? And what needs to be redeemed by God? For me, this line of questioning may get us further in ourselves and even as we try to encourage others, it may get us further than trying to look for good and bad people, good and bad businesses, Christian or non-Christian, this or that. We're seeing in this story how humanness can make choices of faith and submission and also humanness can fall short and morally defect. We have to embrace this complexity. And find a way to grow with the help of the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and prayer. 
pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.